Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Welcome to episode 88 of Lesbians Who Write with me, your host, Claire Lydon. This, is that what I say first or not? I can't remember. <laughs> Can we leave this in? Because it is. It's like, I'm like, how do we do this again? <laughs> it's been so long. How do we, how do we do a normal episode? <laughs> this week's topic is Ask Us Anything. And joining me um, is the highly anything, TB Markinson. Hello, TB. <laughs> how are you today? I forgot to write anything for that bit. Could you tell? Highly anything. Well, hello there. You still exist. I was starting to wonder if all of this was just like, you know, fakeness. So I didn't know if, you know, this actually happened or not. We, we, it does. This is our first break we've ever taken. I hope you enjoyed the uh, reruns of the episodes that we, uh, well, re-ran, frankly. Um, <laughs> they were two of our most popular, so I hope you enjoyed them. And I hope it was good time travelling. So I'm sure you, dear listener, missed us both but tb did you miss seeing my face for the last two weeks <laughs> pregnant pause <laughs> i'm trying to like figure out how to answer this it was nice to be able to focus on my deadline just a yes would have sufficed <laughs> oh i totally missed you <laughs> totally no it was nice to have a break though wasn't it well it was nice to have a break um from everything yes definitely uh it was lovely for me to get away and yeah and it was probably nice for you to uh, because this podcast, much as we enjoy it, does take up a lot of time. So uh, it's nice to have a little break from it. But we didn't leave you in the lurch, dear listener, because that's the kind of people we are. So, TB, we're back on it. We're back to it. Tell me about your week. Well, since you've been gone, I have some really big news. Are you pregnant? We both know that's literally impossible <laughs> for me. But speaking of kids, I adopted a cat. Oh, that is really big news. Congratulations. I know. Because, you know, after Atticus died, what, about almost two years ago to the day, I said I was never going to go through that again. I was never going to lose a pet again because it is heartbreaking. But then I learned of a four-year-old cat whose family had to give her up during the pandemic, and she'd been living in the shelter for months. And I started to rethink about letting in another cat into my life. And I did. And she's actually adorable. Now that she's not hissing at me constantly, (laughs) the first 48 hours were a bit rough. I'm sure her life over the past, I don't know how long she was in the shelter exactly, but I'm sure her life was not fun. But um, she's settling in here. We have a lot of nice big windows. So she loves sitting in the, during her awake hours, which is like three hours a day. She likes to sit in our windows and enjoy life. And I've been pampering her like crazy. But yeah, that that's I have a kid now. Well, that is news. Congratulations. And what's her name? Lady Grey. I just call her Princess. She answers more to Princess. <laughs> she's a bit... You well, know, she's a cat. You've she's a cre- bit high maintenance. You've created this privileged cat that you've got there. Anyway, so back on to you. The work stuff, uh, while you were gone, I have been busting my butt to get Dagny ready because it's going off to be proofread. By the time this episode airs on Monday, it will be with the editor. I have two and a half days to get it over the finish line. I'm feeling okay about it, actually, which is weird because usually I'm not feeling okay at this stage. Usually I'm, like, screaming but I feel okay, or maybe I'm just ready for it to be done, because once it is done, I plan to take a couple weeks off from writing, because I need it. I think I'm just more of that. You know, like, when you used to have, like, the office job, and, like, that day before your holiday, you just would stare at the clock? Mm-hmm. 
I'm kind of like that, but it's kind of hard because it's like my own work. I can't really do that, but I'm kind of in that mood where I'm like, just get this fucking done so I can go sit on the couch for a couple weeks. You actually going to take a break? Going to take two weeks off? Well, I'll read and I plan on reading and outlining the next book. I don't plan on doing a lot of writing now. Okay, but you're still going to be working a bit. It'll probably be half days. But no, I do plan to take some time off because um, I don't know if you noticed, things are a bit crazy here. I'm sure it's just peachy on your side. Yeah, <laughs> the UK and the US. <laughs> There's no stuttering in our worlds at the moment. But uh, one other thing I'm working on right now is I'm retooling my newsletter offer. Um, I'm adding the short story Tropical Heat as a freebie. So now when people, well not yet, but soon when people sign up to my newsletter, they will receive the A Woman Lost book plus the bonus chapters and a free short story. So... I need to start updating all the front and back matter of my ebooks, and I am not looking forward to that. Don't do that on your two weeks off. <laughs> that is because that's not not what you normally do. But don't do that on your two weeks off. <laughs> that is going to be not fun. I hope to like upload like two to three books a day just to spread it out. Even that, like if you're just re-uploading the file, but it, it does take. 20 to 30 minutes just to go through the whole process yeah it takes and if you have like over 20 something books it's a task yeah it takes time and i think it's one of the reasons why i was thinking of uh changing up my free book offer at the moment you get um it had to be you my christmas novella but like you say i'd have to go through over 20 books to redo the front and back matter and i <laughs> it's too much the 2020 has broken me i'm not doing it i've already gone through and uh, you know, done my All I Want series, doing all the covers for that, and that was a lot of work. So I think I'm, if I'm going to do that, I'll shift it to 2021. I'm hoping by the end of the first quarter of 2021, this project is done. <laughs> because thinking about it, and like we have the holidays coming up, and I'm just like, uh, do I really want to dig into this right now? Mm. I might start off slowly with some of the newer releases and then go through all of it. But yeah, so that's my life. I got a cat. I'm almost done with Dagny, and I have a hellish job to look forward to. What's going on on your side? <laughs> well, um, obviously, I've just come back, and I, as I said, I can advocate getting a break is very important, as we constantly say on this uh, podcast, and it was really good just to get away. Uh, as you probably know, we were meant to go to Mexico, but that holiday was cancelled, so we ended up doing 10 days on the Devon coast, which is on the south coast of the UK. It wasn't hot, uh, but it was actually pretty, the weather wasn't bad and it was lovely weather for walking and I have come back refreshed so that's really good. If you want somewhere warm don't hold there in the UK but if you want brilliant coastline, <laughs> gorgeous scenery, lovely walks, excellent food in Devon, absolutely excellent. We actually do have a lovely holiday to country in, um, holiday to country in, country to holiday in. <laughs> like were you talking pub fare or? Yeah, or what, more fancy stuff. Well, fancy stuff in a pub. Because basically in Devon, in a lot of the villages, we hired a car, so we drove around a bit and did lots of walks and stuff. And, and in the evening, if you go out to the pubs, a lot of the chefs there um, seem to have trained at very fancy restaurants in London and then have moved back. And so all the pub food, because there's not, not many restaurants, most of the pubs are the, re are the local restaurants. And the pub food is just amazing these are chefs that have trained in two michelin star restaurants in london and then they go back to these pubs so it is you know more it's actually a lot nicer than some of the food that we have in london and we have great food in london and um you pay for it as well it's more expensive um but you're on holiday and it was great food there does that mean you were like eating inside a pub mm -hmm. 
I haven't been inside any like restaurant or a pub in I don't know how long. Wow, you're yeah. inside. Yeah. Like with a roof overhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a roof. Wow. Brings me on to a, a, just a, a quick. Uh, funny story about so uh, the first four days of our trip were spent glamping now when I say glamping which is posh camping it was on a you know set up for glamping site our tent was massive it had three bedrooms it had a lounge a dining room a proper kitchen with a hob it had a wood-burning stove it had floors it had electricity it had its own bathroom shower toilet sink but what we realized is that walls and proper heating make things warm <laughs> It even had its own hot tub, so we had a lovely time there. But we we prefer walls and heating. We've decided. There was, I think it was back in yeah 2010. That's when the World Cup was going on. We went to Zambia and we stayed a few nights in this nice little resort area. But when we went to our room, I guess I didn't notice when I was looking at the um, pictures online. But so we were in Africa. You know, they have like you know lions and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So. We were, we walked, they walked us into our room and the entire front of the room was just completely open. There was no wall whatsoever, none. And I was just like, and they're like, you know, we have like electric fences all around the ground. So, you know, no, no lions are going to get in or anything, but it was in, I think it was June, which is their winter. Man, it was cold at night. (laughs) It was so fucking cold. Even though there were no lions on the ground, I could hear them. Mm, So it was a weird experience amazing absolutely amazing but it was weird did you guys have lions in devon uh we didn't have lions no uh we may have had the odd squirrel was would that count some of those are rabbit (laughs) (laughs) we did have a bird that kept waking us up uh insert joke here um sort of every morning at about seven it sounded a bit like the kookaburra you get in australia but it clearly it wasn't a kookaburra because we were in devon and not australia but yeah but you know um basically it was just really nice to get away and not look at my laptop for um you know basically a whole two weeks we were away for 10 days but then we came back and we we did loads of house clearing and and Marie Kondo would love us. We cleared a load of our house, took a couple of car loads to the tip, so we are cleansed and ready to go. And of course, the yes, tip? Uh, the tip is, I don't know, what do you call it there? Is it like where you actually take it, like rubbish, like the dump? The dump. So this week, um, I've just been basically easing myself back in to work. I'm not gonna lie, it's been a slow ease back in. Uh, Monday I was just a bit baffled, I couldn't remember what I did. Um, so I decided I'd watch a Christmas movie to ease myself back in. Because Christmas movies are romance stories, so they actually work. That's what I've decided this year. Well, I, yeah, I decided that a long time ago. So, um, as well as never to walk in anyone's shadow, TB. Does she get that music reference? I don't know. No. <laughs> I'm not going to explain it. Um, So I've watched one and a half Christmas movies uh, this week, which has been great. And I've just been ticking off a few things that I needed to get done. Um, And then my Christmas novel comes back from the editor on Saturday. So, yeah, I I understood your sort of last day of the work before you go on holiday thing, because that's exactly what I did before I went on holiday, because I had to get it off to my editor by October the 12th and it comes back on Saturday. So... Hopefully, there won't be too much to do. I can turn that around and get it out to my art team end of next week. So you're diving into the hot water and I'm just like going to be like in the shallow end. Yes. <laughs> just waiting around, you're splashing, not much. You're splashing around. Um, and if you don't know, yes, my, my book is called Christmas in Mistletoe and it's coming out, I don't know exactly when, November, definitely November. Two other things before we get on to comments. You remember I synced my Dropbox with my desktop? Mm. Mm-hmm. I had a heart-stopping horror moment. 
<laughs> just before I went on holiday, right? Because basically I was trying to format my new book so I could get it off to um, some early readers in vellum. But nothing would upload to my to my Mac in Cloud in vellum because every time I tried to get something off my Dropbox, it tried to upload my entire desktop. <laughs> you know, well, not upload it, but it was just churning through it. So basically, if I synced my drop my desktop to my Dropbox, I couldn't use Vellum. That was the upshot. It just wouldn't work. So I thought, well, I have to be able to use Vellum. So yes. I looked into how you unsync it, and I went through all the steps, and I ticked all the correct boxes. I closed my eyes and hit go, and everything, all my books and everything, just disappeared from my desktop. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, such a sinking feeling in my stomach. And then I, I went to my Dropbox and they were all still there. So I was like, motherfucker. So I'm not going to do that again. Lesson learned. Don't sync your Dropbox to your desktop. It's, it makes everything run slower. And it's just... Yeah, I was... Because when you mentioned that, because I remember I got a message from Dropbox too saying, do you want to do that? And I meant to click yes, but I accidentally clicked no. And then I wasn't sure how to retrieve the message, but maybe it was just fate stepping fate, in and be yeah. like, you know what? Your 2020 has been hard enough. We're just going <laughs> to... You don't want... We're going to help you with this decision. Oh, you don't want to... Honestly, the moment where everything I... Everything... Oh, every single book I've ever written and all my graphics, everything, all my admin just disappeared. I was just like, okay, don't panic. Don't panic. Do not panic. I would have been screaming. <laughs> I'm not cool under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get on to comments. Comment monitor. It's been a couple of weeks. What have you got? All right. First off, we had a comment from Claudia, who was, uh, I think she was commenting on the last rerun we did about where we discussed uh, writing full-time. And Claudia has that age-old problem of wanting to write full-time but still needing the full-time job to support herself. So it, it is it is a double-edged sword, and I do feel for you. We've all been through that stage, but I wish you the best of luck. And it it's one of those things where a lot of people just have to really struggle to carve out time to focus on your writing. So I do wish you luck on that, Claudia. Yep, absolutely. It's not easy, um, and it took me three years to make the move. Yes. All right, and we also have a comment from AJ Marchant, a fellow Lysic author. AJ found a podcast during lockdown and loves it. We always provide a much-needed chuckle, and we help her. We help AJ learn something new. So isn't that nice? It is. She's learning something it, new from us. 2020 is proving just how much we really do need a good laugh because um, it's getting hard, people. Getting hard. We also have a comment from, I think it's Max. This is a comment for you, Claire, actually. Uh, Max, thanks you for the link to download before you say I do. I think she is referring to the audiobook. Max also is a, a yes to box sets. We asked if people like box sets, and currently Max is working through Harper Bliss's French Kissing, which is full of lots and lots of drama and sexiness. So I, I, I imagine she is enjoying that. Harper Bliss really knows how to hook a reader, for sure. She does, and I've read... I, I think I've read... Um, I can't remember how far I got into French kissing but I, I read season one at least and um, I really loved it and she had one final comment for you Mags thoroughly enjoyed your London series oh thank you Mags I'm very pleased to hear that all right so that's it on my end 
about you? I've got one comment from Diana who says she, she also just discovered the podcast and has been listening through and brin- binging, not bringing, binging from episode one. She's been a writer since her teenage years and she's never had anything published, but we've inspired her to give it a go. So good luck, Diana. And she also said she's surprised at my use of the word waitress in my books as as she thought I'd be a feminist. And she says it should be server. But Diana, this is a UK-US divide. (laughs) We do not use the word server in the UK. So I am still a feminist. There is no other word to use in the UK. I think I use waitress too. Oh, wow. You've got no excuse to be. (laughs) I've never really thought of that as being unfeminist to use it. But like I said, we don't use server. So I don't think I've ever used that either. I might say someone on the starving staff. But I don't think I've ever used the word server. Mm. I wonder if this is a also a. I don't know if the if she's in the U.S. or anything, but if it's also a regional, mm, maybe difference as well. I would like to think we're both feminists. I think we are. All right. All right. Well, good chat. Good chat about if we are are feminists or not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little depleted. <laughs> not gonna lie. So we are going to get on to our Ask Us Anything questions now. Brilliantly, we did have quite a few of these. So we are actually going to... um, Zoe wrote in a question. And Zoe, we loved your question so much, we're going to split it off into a separate episode. So you don't have to wait. So thank you for that. But yeah, it was on epilogues and we're going to do a whole episode on epilogues. And we might not get through all these. We're going to see how we go for time, but it might be split over two episodes. Let's see how we go. Right, TB? All right, I'm still stuck on um, server. You're going to be, like, the next time you are able to actually go into a restaurant inside with walls and heating, you're going to be like, oh, shit, what do I call them? What do I call them? I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to go into a restaurant anymore. You will. It's going to happen. 2023. Yay! That's only two years away, maybe. We're still going out and about in London, but, you know, we're in tier two, so we can't meet anybody. You can't meet anybody you don't live with. Are you guys doing this thing? I notice when I'm out and about on my walks where, like, where people just don't know how to interact anymore with, like, passersby. Like, people, like, automatically just, like, turn their heads and put their heads down because, like, we don't want to spread germs or anything. It's just, we're all going to be so socially fucked after this. (laughs) I know. I went for a morning walk this morning and I met two of my friends who live nearby on the way back. They were going walking to the tube. And I was just like, oh, really weird. I'm meeting somebody. But then I was like, oh, no, this is legal. We're outside. We can meet people outside. <laughs> Thoughts you never thought would go on in your head in January this year. Right, let's get on to the questions. So what you got? First up, we have a question from Jill. Jill wants to know if there is a scene in any lesbian novel we would like to have written ourselves and why. Uh, it could be funny, sexy movie, beautifully crafted. Do you have a particular scene in a lesbian novel you wish you could rip off? I'm just kidding. <laughs> that you wish you created. <laughs> um, give me your answer. Let me let me ponder that for a minute. You just punted it to me. <laughs> My answer is I don't know if this is going to count because I didn't answer exactly as it was posed to us because I could not zero in on just a specific scene. But I wish I wish I had written the Soho Loft series, uh, which is fantastically written by Melissa Braden. It's a brilliant series. It has witty dialogue. Heartfelt and flawed characters, my favorite. I hate perfect characters. I really hate perfect characters. Um, it has excellent pacing, and it's just the whole package. And I wish it was in my back catalog, but I am happy to suggest it for lesbian readers if they have. If people have not read the Soho Lost series, I highly recommend it. So I cheated. 
Well, no, I don't think you cheated, really. That's a good answer. I was just thinking about certain scenes that I wish I'd written. I don't know if there is, if there is a certain scene, but I know that um, In at the Deep End by Kate Davis has got, like, visceral, raw realness and just humour that's so dark and cutting and makes you put your fist in your mouth because you're going, no, no. So, um, and I think, I think that um, I'd love to have written that book uh in at the deep end by kate davis it's it's really good book i i I know i've recommended it uh or on my newsletter and some of my readers have come back and said they didn't like it so it depends if you really like raw uh, slightly turn your head kind of humor and stuff happening to characters is this a romance Mm, is it a romance i'm gonna say no (laughs) no just because not specifically (laughs) because <laughs> if you have to really think about if it's a romance it's probably not <laughs> <laughs> well there is a hea but most of the book is spent on elsewhere so no not not strictly speaking i, I haven't read this one is it like well a is it a british author it is a british author yes you guys you guys really punch the really darkness of <laughs> the humor yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit, that, that book is a bit like you have you seen fleabag or um oh you know, i or, love fleabag yeah, but that's what i'm talking like fleabag yeah. or um catastrophe like yeah. those series where you're just what you're cringing the entire fucking time because you can't believe it but you're also laughing hysterically where te- tears are streaming down but it's just like oh my god i can't believe they're going here yes. <laughs> So there you go. That's um, In at the Deep End by Kate Davis is sort of in that vein. It will make you turn away from the page, but you won't be able to stop reading. I, I wonder if it's in an audiobook. That sounds like a cringe-worthy thing while to do on my it... walk while I'm trying to avoid humanity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is an audiobook. I think it's just come out. So, oh, excellent. I'll, yeah. I'll take a look at it. Yeah. All right. And I, would also, All right. and I would also say, I just read recently Elizabeth Sims, Damn Straight. And have you heard of Elizabeth Sims? Only, yes, I, I've seen her name, but I think you mentioned it before. Mm, well, because it wasn't your normal reading type, yeah, but you... Not, not at all, but I really loved it. And I think as well, her, she keeps it real. She uh, she brings something a little bit different to to the page. And I think as well, I was talking to Erin Zach. I interviewed Erin um, for my other podcast, Lesbian Book Club. And she was saying that she's seen her at a conference. She does, she's a professional speaker. Uh, Elizabeth Sims she knows her shit so uh, I think that I did find myself reading that book thinking well this is so well written and how was the conversation with Erin she's quite funny she's oh it's awesome yeah I've just uh just launched that podcast episode this week so if you haven't listened if you don't know Erin Zach um she's well worth the listen all right so why don't you shoot a question my way and I'll try not to punt it to you like you did (laughs) no promises so Kerry says she generally just um, listens to audiobooks because her job needs her to have sharp eyes and reading tires them. So um, we 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 understand that completely, Kerry. However, many authors do not have their novels in audio format. So in our opinion, is it worth the cost of production to make um, our novels into audiobooks? From my perspective, as an indie author who has produced not personally, but I have hired narrators to produce uh, several of my books on the royalty share. So it's an easy yes for me, because uh, when you do royalty share with a narrator, no money is exchanged. You agree to split the, um, what's it called when you make money? <laughs> earnings? Royalties? <laughs> you, split, yeah, you, you split the earnings uh, two ways. 
So it's an easy yes for the author if you are okay doing royalty share because you agree that Audio, no, Audible and Amazon can sell it exclusively for seven years. But the problem is it's not an easy yes for a narrator because, I mean, we've already put in the money for the editing and everything like that. And since with the narration, since you're doing the royalty share, you're not, you're not paying the narrator. So they're hoping that the money comes in from sales and that's always kind of like a crapshoot uh i mean some books like do really well so for me as an author yes it's an easy yes to get a narrator to agree it's a bit trickier i've never done a royalty share deal i've only ever sold my um, audio rights to a publisher or paid a narrator up front so there's more risk to you either way really I suppose the stuff I do myself so I've done about half my audiobooks out myself which means I pay a narrator up front so I shell out a sizable sum of cash and then I hope that I'm gonna make that back and I'll probably say that half of half of my books that I've done that with have and half of them haven't they will eventually but you know maybe they've been out like Maybe probably within like 18 months, two years, they, they generally earn back the slower sellers. My first book I ever did, uh, that sort of made all the money back in three months. So you never can tell. And like TB says, it doesn't necessarily go that uh, books that sell well in ebook and print will sell in audio. I've had some that have done the first and have not done the second. You just never know what's going to take off and it's really hard to market audiobooks, especially when you're exclusive with Amazon, because if you're not exclusive with Amazon, then you can market them via Chirp, which is BookBub for audio. But if you are exclusive to Amazon, it's more difficult to market it. So I'm generally wide with my ones that aren't with a publisher, but then you have to take lower royalties. I mean, there's so many variables to take into account that it is a difficult decision and also at the moment audiobooks are a hot topic because audible are encouraging readers to try them and if they don't like them return them and <laughs> that is not a good thing for us because uh, if you try a book and then you return it we get charged um, for that book like one credit goes out of our account so audiobook um, publishers if you do it yourself you can end up in negative royalties which is really bad. So um, we'd encourage people not to return audiobooks if they d just purely because they didn't enjoy them. I love the ones who like have worked through my entire series and have gotten a book, returned it, gotten the next book, returned it, gotten it. And I, it, it's obvious because it's just on my spreadsheet. Like, well, every single Lizzie book has been returned. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting that happened. I mean, I think you'll always get that, you know, even in eBooks and print books, you'll always get people who do return them. And, you know, in eBooks and print books, I just accept it as part of life. You know, it's annoying when people do it, but some people have got valid reasons. So, um, you know, fair enough. If you bought the wrong gift or if you, you clicked on the wrong button, uh, completely fine. But if you just do it because you read it and then you decided that you didn't enjoy it, well, that's a, a bit much to take as the creator. So there, there's a lot more variables to take into account. And, and also it's it's quite daunting if you haven't done an audiobook um, before to set it up and get it done and then proof it. As we know, the proofing is the, the joy, isn't it? <laughs> so it's a, it's a lot more work to do. And so I understand why people don't do it. But in my view and in TB's view, it's worth doing because I want my books out there in as many avenues as possible. Yeah, it's a long game, audiobooks. Definitely. Um, audiobooks are becoming more popular as we go on and so it's one of those things where in the beginning like when in the um, dinosaur age of indie publishing 
like you just had to have a book in ebook and then and then they were like oh no you need to make sure your ebook uh your book is in paperback and now it's like oh no you need to make sure you're in audio it just keeps getting more complicated but it's one of those things if you want if you want a long um term career you have to play the long game so it's one of those investments you have to do to uh stay profitable yes give me a question right. give me a question tb all right we have a question from carol from lesbian reviewed carol wants to know if we could have any of our books transformed into a television series or a movie, which one would you choose and why? Which one of my books would I have put into a TV series? Well, I think I'd have to say the London series. I'd love to see that as a six, eight, nine part series. But the only thing is, it would need to be so much more drama in it because, you know, at the moment they're self-contained romances. But you'd need people cheating on people, wouldn't you? in it to, to give it a bit more drama so then I'd have to reconfigure some of the characters to cheat imagine the uproar TB <laughs> why do you need cheating because it <laughs> adds a bit of drama you need cheating think of the L word everybody was sleeping with everyone on that think of um what was that one set in Scotland lip service I mean Frankie and Cat. oh goodness me so you know but that, I'd love to see it though I'd love to see it turn into London, the London series and I think the one that I'd really loved um, to see turned into a movie a standalone movie is All I Want for Christmas or Christmas and Mistletoe because you know my love with Christmas movies I would love to see um, All I Want for Christmas which has got a bit of cheating in it <laughs> so it's got my prerequisite for a, for a movie or TV series um, and or Christmas and Mistletoe it's not even out yet let's make it a movie is there cheating? In There's that no one? cheating. I can add it though. <laughs> yeah, I'm mean, still the editing phase. You know? yeah. Don't you worry. I'll stick it in. Just for the sole purpose of making it acceptable for a screen. <laughs> All right. I have a tie between the A Woman Law series and the Girl Love Happens series. Both series have a lot of drama. Cheating is a kind of a running theme in the A Woman Law series. So I already I already ticked that box well for done. you. Well done. <laughs> and jealousy is one of the running themes in Girl Love Happened. Tick that box for you. <laughs> Those two series, uh, they're my most popular series with the readers. And there's a lot of drama and there's a lot of uh, funny moments. And there's a lot of, I can't believe this is happening to the character yet again. My uh, theory when, uh, <laughs> well, one of the things I like to do with my main characters is um, I like to stick them up a tree and then throw rocks at them the entire time. <laughs> And those two series, that's, that it really comes out in full that I just torture my main character. And it's kind of fun to keep thinking of, like, well, how can I fuck up Lizzie's life today? <laughs> well, that's what they tell you to do, torture your characters. All right, question five is from Muriel, and she, she's, she says she's written some short stories, but she's new to the craft. So where can she go for advice on how to improve? Wow, this is a big question, <laughs> because uh, there are a lot of books and a lot of podcasts on the writing craft. One of the first ones I read when I first started really, really considering uh, doing this for a living was On Writing by Stephen King. Even if you're not a Stephen King fan, he's just, he's, have you read that one? I have I read it. I think you have. I have, yes. I didn't realize, because I, I don't read a lot of horror. I've read a couple of his books, but I don't read a lot of horror, so I haven't read much by him, but um, he has, he's, he's kind of got a naughty sense of humor. <laughs> and I really enjoyed that book, because not only does he... Um, discuss what it's like to be a writer and everything but his sense of humor throughout it it makes it a very engaging book and you do pick up quite a bit there's also a couple books called uh save the cat by blake snyder and there's um save the cat writes a novel by jessica brody 
but there's a ton of books and there's a ton of podcasts. My advice would be to like go to the Amazon search bar, type in writing craft and see what populates and then rate reviews and pick that way. But I also have another tip. Read a lot of novels in your genre. A lot of them. Don't skip the poorly written ones. I've learned more from the really shitty books than I have from the great books. Because you want to learn what not to do. And so the best way to do that is pick up a shitty book and read it and be like, I don't want to be this. So, um, yes, I agree with everything you said. And that Stephen King book, you will learn something from it. But it's also part memoir, part um, writing book. And it's a brilliant read anyway. Um, I wasn't sure if she was referring to actually short stories or just the craft of writing generally. But I'd say if you are referring to short stories or novels... Whichever one you're referring to, re- yeah, as TB said, read more of it. Read whichever genre that you're planning to write in, read more of that. I'd say a really good uh, base for me as well was the Readsy blog has got loads of information. They do really, really good blogs and they've got one on short story writing and they've got a host of craft blogs so you could go there. And also um, the Creative Pen website and the Creative Pen podcast. Again, if you want short stories, he's had quite a lot of short story writers on. Um, so have a look there. And I would also say our very own Jay has a series of writing books uh craft books so i had a oh, look jay author yeah jay. Like, Who, who's our very own jay <laughs> she's <laughs> a... have another co-host you know <laughs> um our old... two weeks off i'm out of practice on this podcast thing. our old mucker jay jay author also writes great lesbian romances but also also as her real name sandra girth she writes um really good craft and productivity books and if you go to sandragirth.com i think she's got five or six and so that might be a good place to start and you'd be supporting another lesbian author win-win absolutely all right so we what we want to round this one are we going to carve off some of these questions for next week's episode i think so i think we're about halfway through the questions now so we're going to do one more and then we're going to do part two next time around all right so we have a question from dr lewis dr lewis wants to know how do you make it work so well together i'm assuming dr lewis is referring to this podcast (laughs) i think so And I think I've proven today that I don't, but (laughs) Uh, Dr. Lewis says we're both very different, so I guess that helps, but how do we work well together? No idea, TB. Any ideas? Can I punt this one to you? (laughs) No. (laughs) So I would say um, that I think it is just that I remember the first time I met TB and we were in a pub. We exchanged a few emails, but I'd never um, spoken to her before and we just sat down and we didn't stop talking for about two or three hours. So um, I had to push her to the bar to get a drink, didn't I, TB? Um, but no, I'm joking. But um, we made each other laugh and uh, and it wasn't when I was thinking about doing this podcast, I wanted to do it with somebody else and um, it was a pretty easy, um, it was a slam dunk to ask uh, her. So I think it is kind of based on an initial friendship. Doing this podcast has strengthened that. So there you go. You didn't expect me to get deep and meaningful, did you? No, no, but that's very nice. I, I mean, one of the things I attribute to us, it's just like having a conversation. Like, I don't feel, pre- it's not like a job interview. I, I don't feel like I'm having to perform a certain way or act a certain way. I'm just kind of being my goofy self. Yeah. Not that we don't, you know, try, but we don't try. <laughs> no. <laughs> we try a little bit. But no, I... We I like would... prep for answers, you know, <laughs> like, we just kind of, I don't know, we just talk. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, I, yeah, I think that's a good point, actually, because... Uh, on my other podcast, I'm interviewing people who I who I've never spoken to before. So the onus is on me to be more pre- prepared and professional. And it's you know I'm never going to have such 
uh, repartee as we do because we don't know I don't know the other person so whereas this one I do prepare some answers but I but I ad lib a lot more as well Yes, and sometimes when you start answering a certain way, I, I change track and I just dump what my script says and just comment on that. A lot of times that happens, actually, where wow. we just have to go where it goes. There you go, verbal parkour. That's what we do every week, leaping off uh, conversational concrete posts on skateboards, right? That, that sounds kind of terrifying. <laughs> I'm not very coordinated. <laughs> I know, I know. I think I just fell over and cracked my head. But there you go. That's what happens, everyone. And we live to fight another day. So we will be answering part two. If your question wasn't answered this week, we will be back uh, next week answering part two of them. We really do appreciate your questions. It was great to get so many in. Yes, I appreciate that. And I have a question for you before we go. Go on. How's your team Tottenham going to do this weekend? Uh, we're going to win, of course. You guys are having a strong start this season. Well, we're, we are, we are, yeah, we should be top of the league. We threw away four points. So we've we've had two last-minute um, equalisers in two games. But I have to say, we're doing well. But we're only six games in, so. <laughs> we're six, you're six games in, but you're doing well better than uh, Man City. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to win, totes. All right, we should. We probably should reintroduce the Hell's Tottenham doing segment because okay. I like to get you mad. <laughs> All right, yeah. I might just be crowing, though. You don't know. It's a risk. It's a risk. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us this time round. Have a great week. And do leave us a comment on anything we've said. And if you've got a question that you want to ask us, we can, we can hell, we could do three weeks of this shit, can we? Oh, well, we could do this forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do leave a comment on the website, uh, on our email address, lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, me. Join us next week when we'll be doing another Ask Us Anything. Until then, stay safe. Happy writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Listen in every week for more conversations on writing and lesbian fiction. And you can make sure you never miss an episode by signing up to our newsletter at lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more people to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.